Hi, this is Relatively Asian Podcast. I'm Teresa. And I'm Minnie, and this is episode 18 of our podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Last episode, we were joined by Minnie's close friend, Brenna, to talk about investing and finance how to start, and why everybody should be investing. Go check out that episode to hear more. This episode, we are going to be continuing the conversation with Brenna, but going into credit cards. Which cards are the best ones to keep, and how do you efficiently use those credit card points? Keep listening to hear more. So thanks, Brenna, for joining us again for another episode. Thanks for having me back. Round two. Yeah, of course. So I guess diving into it, let's talk about what credit cards everyone has. Brenna, do you want to start? Yes. Um... Right now, I have the American Express Platinum, the Amex Gold, the Chase Sapphire Preferred, the Chase Freedom, and the Chase Freedom Unlimited. Oh, and I have the Alaska Airlines credit card. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's a lot. How many is is that? Seven? It is six. I have two Amex, three Chase, one Alaska. Wow. Oh, so and wow. You said right now that's what you have. So does that, does that mean you've had some in the yes. past that you closed? I've probably had an additional. I also had the City Thank You card, the Chase Sapphire Reserve card, and. I wow. have had like store cards. Oh, this doesn't include store cards, like a Nordstrom card or anything like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wait, store. Wait, I thought store cards were also credit cards, though. I I have like the Nordstrom credit card, but I don't have the one that you can use as a Visa. Mm. Oh, wait. So what? Wait, I don't get what the what the purpose of that is then. You can oh, only use it at Nordstrom. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, there's, okay. There's what do you mean? What's the one you use as a Visa? So there's like two different types of Nordstrom cards, like one you can only use at Nordstrom and then the other one you can also like earn, you know, like Nordstrom points and stuff if you use it on other purchases. Interesting. I've never heard of that. No, I did not know that. I, yeah. (laughs) Wow. I mean, we can get into like why. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll say our cards first. Yeah. You can go. Okay. Well, it's not nearly as extensive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you, are we counting debit cards? <laughs> I didn't. Wow. No, let's not count debit cards. Okay. Well, okay. Well, I got my first. Wow. I, I only have two credit cards, and one I literally got in the oh. last, last like four months. So yeah, you did. <laughs> um, I got my first credit card like three years ago, like after I graduated. So and what was it? It was a Chase Fre- uh, Freedom Unlimited. That was my first credit card. Not until after mm-hmm. I graduated college, and then four months ago, I got the, not even four months, like maybe even th- like three months, I got the pref- uh, preferred, right? No. Yes. I got the preferred yeah. because there was like the whole like, um, my like husband like referred me, so I got like 100k points type deal, so I just, I got, got the card, because at that point, like I feel like there was a point in time where like a lot of my friends had like the reserve, but then like, mm-hmm. it just wasn't as like beneficial anymore, so I ended up just getting the preferred. Uh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Dang. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I did not know that you had. Uh, I knew that you recently got just the Chase Sapphire yeah. preferred. But I thought before that you were using like multiple. I didn't know you only no. had the Chase Freedom Unlimited. <laughs> yeah. And then I had a wow. debit card all throughout college. That was it. 
Oh my god. And like my dad never did the thing or like a lot of friends like their parents right like opened a credit card joint like a joint credit card and like helped their kids build um credit throughout college mm-hmm. but my parents never did that for me so I just got my first credit card post college. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I don't know why I'm talking because I also didn't have a credit card until after I graduated <laughs> college. <laughs> but because I'm older than you obviously it's been a little bit longer, not even. Not like, even. Yeah. Only one year longer. Not even. Yeah. I know, yeah. Um I, I don't even have that many cards either. I only have three cards. So when I graduated, I got my first credit card, which is Chase Freedom. And then I got the Chase Abifier Preferred, mm-hmm. like, pretty soon after. And then I recently got the Amex Gold card. Mm-hmm. So I just have three cards. Do you have retail cards? Cards? No, I, I don't have a single one. Although mm-hmm. I was like, maybe I should get a Target one just because I shop there the mm-hmm. most. And you get 5% yeah. back. But I don't know. It's hard for me because... I at least i don't know about you guys but i feel like even for chase freedom like i only got that card because you know you have five percent rotating like um quarterly Mm -hmm. uh, points from whatever but then i like i'm so bad at keeping track of which things get five percent every single quarter so i end up like bare yeah i like basically never use that credit card so i yeah it's kind of like useless but anyways let's i guess let's just talk about why did we have why did we choose the cards that we have um and I want to know usage, can... too. <laughs> oh, yeah. How do we use it for the breakdown? Yeah. So yeah. go ahead, Rana. Okay. Um, <laughs> More exciting so... for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny that you mentioned that it's hard for you to keep track because it is not hard at all for me to keep track. And I have like six <laughs> cards. And my my husband, Lawrence, wow. he's like, he's always so concerned that he's using like the wrong card. He doesn't understand <laughs> how I keep track of everything. So I wrote him like a notes thing on his phone. So he knows like exactly what to use for which card. Wow. Um, what? Yeah. Because they're pretty. So because I have like so many and I guess I should also mention, like, um, as part of, like, my kind of, like, point strategy, um, Lawrence and I have the same cards. So I have six, and he also has six. It's way harder mm. for him to kind of, like, manage. So, um, yeah, but I help him with the notes thing. But anyways, um, so for me, like, credit cards are, like, amazing in the sense of I've been able to really maximize the value from these credit cards through... Mm redeeming my points to travel um you can also redeem your points to do so many other things like you can cash them out you can apply them to your balance you can get credit or gift cards sorry um you know like hotels like that kind of stuff but for me i have gotten the most value by um, redeeming them for flights so that's why i have so many and it's why i've had some in the past um to get like some like bonuses that i ended up like you know canceling after a year or so Okay. Wait, so the main, wait, can you break down like what card you use for what then? Yes. Okay. So I thought it would be actually interesting to talk about the card that I don't have anymore. Mm. So I don't have the Chase mm. Sapphire Reserve card anymore. And I want to talk about this one first, because if you are to only get one card and you have the same goals as me, which is to kind of like um, use them more for travel, I would get this card. And the reason I don't have it anymore is because my personal strategy is to combine two different cards that I'll talk about later. But if you only like wanted one credit card, I would get the Chase Sapphire Reserve. So some quick things about this card, you get three times points back on. And when when people say like five times, three times, it just means like for every um, dollar that you spend, you get like three points instead of one point. So that's just what that three times means. So you get three times back on dining and travel, and it's one of the most inclusive travel categories. It includes like Ubers, tolls, 
parking. So it's like very inclusive of like travel categories. So it's pretty easy to earn points with this card. Um, and obviously dining, like most of us probably eat out a lot. So it's also really great for that. There is a $550 annual fee, which they have raised recently. Um, it used to be less but this is offset by $300 in travel credit, which again is super easy to use based on what they define as a travel category. Other credit cards with similar travel um, credits are not as easy to use. So personally, I really like that part of this card. Right now, there's a 50,000 bonus if you spend $4,000 in the first three months, and you also get access to Priority Pass, which is a group of lounges in the US and over the world. And you get um, global entry and TSA um, credit if you want to apply for those, which if you do travel like I do, I would 100% recommend getting this. Hmm. Do you have global entry? Yeah, I have global entry. Nice. Okay, Brenna, you want to talk about your other cards that you have and why you use those? So instead of this card, if I only like my preferred strategy like I think long term would be to combine the Chase Sapphire preferred card because like you said, um, like both of you have also, it's the annual fee is only $95, but there's also no offsets, but that's also like pretty low compared to, you know, the other like reserve card. And I would combine this with the Amex Gold because with the Chase Sapphire Preferred, you get two times the points back on dining and travel, but with the Amex Gold, you get four times back on dining. So it's like the combination of travel and dining. Most people probably eat out more than they travel. So it kind of works hand in hand. You're still gonna earn the travel points. It's not as much as you would earn with the Chase Sapphire Reserve, but you're still gonna get more than, you know, just like one point for every dollar. And then most of us probably eat out like the most uh, in terms of like how much we spend every month. It's probably more eating out than traveling. So you're gonna get like four times back on traveling, which is so useful if you wanna redeem those for, you know, flights later, it's gonna really add up quickly. Um, So that would be kind of like the two cards that I would um, get that have an annual fee. The Amex Gold has an annual fee of $250. I have a... But the Amex... Okay, sorry. No, you go first. I was just going to say the annual fee is $250, but it's offset by $240 that you can spend um, on Grubhub or Uber Eats per month. So you get $10 credit per month for each option. So it's like $120 each. So it like offsets that cost. Oh yeah, I totally forgot. Yeah, that's a great point. So that's probably why I would kind of get those two. It's like the lowest cost with like the best value. Okay, sorry, Teresa, go ahead. Um, I was going to say, because I guess I'm just thinking like, would it be better? And I don't know like all the cards that exist, but like, would it be better better to do like multiple cards with one bank or like in-house to like be able to combine points there versus like two different cards? Yeah, so that's a really great point. So one of the impediments to kind of this whole like travel uh, redeeming points thing is um, most airlines don't share the same travel partners. So so that's a great point because most um, travel, uh, sorry, most credit cards don't have the same transfer partners. So sometimes um, it is really hard to figure out, like, if you're going to travel for somewhere, you have a lot of points on a Chase card, right? But you don't, it's not going to go to the right transfer partner that you want. So that's definitely something that I've come across. And it's kind of like something I try to avoid having too many points on one card. So that's why I think kind of having a Chase card and Amex card that you think you can kind of earn um, the same amount of points in, you know, kind of on the same pace really helps. Um, I will say like there are other issuers like Citibank, um, 
and Capital One, but I personally don't think either of those have great transfer partners. So I don't have either of those issuers right now, but I think Chase and Amex kind of get you where you need to go for the most part. So do you like, based on having um, a Chase and Amex card, are you, do you then have to kind of commit to like, I'm only going to stay at like Hyatt's and I'm only going to fly Delta type thing because of the overlapping travel partners? Oh, um, okay. So I see what you're saying. Um, not really. I think definitely I'm not too familiar with the whole hotel thing, but actually like they do share most similarly like hotel transfer partners. I think Mm -hmm. Marriott is, um, for both of them, but I think a better redemption value is using it for flights. So, um, I think, um, I think it more so depends on like location where you're going, um, like what airlines like fly to that location. It's not so selective in terms of like the actual airline. It's more so selective of like where you want to go. Um, but I will say there's definitely options for both Amex and Chase. If you're kind of in a pinch, there's Mm. usually a way to figure out if you plan far in advance, like, you know, like you can definitely figure out like where you need to go based on like your availability. But I Mm -hmm. think overall, it's just good to have like try to earn points at the same rate. So that, mm-hmm. you know, if it does happen, like you're not in a crunch. Yeah. Um, and I think something that people might also want to be aware of is, you know, if you do have like a spouse or like a, you know, person that you like to travel with, like, you know, a sister or something, like also kind of make sure that they have, you know, equal points to you if you're trying to like go on a trip with them on points. Because um, I know with Amex, you can't transfer points um, unless they're an authorized user on your account. Mm. And then with Chase, you can, but it has to be a household member. And I don't know if it's su- super easy to prove that. Gotcha. Um, mm. Do you find that you mentioned like it's good to sort of earn points um, equally across cards? Mm. Do you find that it's difficult to use? Well, you said Amex, what is like four times points for eating out? Yeah. Mm. But do you. And grocery. And grocery. Yeah. But a lot of places don't accept Amex. So do you ever, or do either of you, I guess like Brenna, you've had the card for longer. Like, have you run into issues? Um, it's very rare. And it's so funny mm. that you say this because that's what my mom always says. But it's <laughs> Yo, definitely same. like not that I want everyone to kind yeah. of like, um, you know. That's an urban myth. It's not an urban <laughs> myth. It's definitely more it's likely not that, a, that someone wouldn't accept Amex than the, mm. like a Visa or MasterCard. Um, but it doesn't happen to me very often. Yeah. I think of the regular places that I eat out at, it only happens at one very small yeah. like mom and pop shop. So I think it depends yeah. what establishments you're going to, I guess. Yeah. And then also I, like, I feel like international travel, I feel like a lot of places internationally, I mean, depending on the countries you're going to, like they don't accept Amex either. Yes. In my experience, because I have um, traveled a lot internationally, um, visas, like definitely, yeah. I, I think if you, that's why I yeah. say if you're only going to have one card, I would have the yeah. G-Sapphire Reserve because it's a visa too. I feel like the only place that I've had problems with Amex and that I actually go to that is annoying to me is Costco because they don't mm-hmm. accept Amex anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then obviously yeah. that's like a big purchase every yeah. time and that's like a grocery, whatever. But other, other than that, yeah, I've hadn't had any issues in like restaurants that I've gone to, but... Yeah. The Costco thing is annoying. Wait, so Brenna, can you um elaborate on why do you have three different Chase cards? And like, what do you use each of them oh, for? Oh, right. I should probably talk about, um, <laughs> this is a card that I have, but I wouldn't recommend. Um, and I'll explain why I have it and why I wouldn't recommend. So I recently got the Amex Platinum card, which is definitely a hefty card. I would only recommend this if you travel regularly. Like I'm talking like eight to 10 times a year. Um, mm. 
Otherwise, definitely not for folks who only want to travel once or twice a year. Um, I got the card recently because I was targeted for like a special offer. Um, it was like 125,000 miles um, as a bonus, which is a lot. It's like, it's definitely more, even more than the really good, like 100,000. Um, so I kind of jumped on it. Um, but for me, it's still kind of worth it. But um, again, like wouldn't recommend, you know, if you're not going to travel that much. Um, but with the Amex Platinum, you get five times back on flights like that you book directly with airlines um, and on prepaid hotels booked through Amex. So the prepaid hotels one isn't as good because you have to book it through their travel portal. Um, but the flights one is pretty good. Um, and there is a really hefty annual fee. It's $695. Oh, um, yes, it is very oh hefty. God. Again, what I recommend for the average traveler. Um, it is offset by a $200 hotel credit on prepaid hotels again that you have to book through the travel portal. Wow. Um, $200 a year on Uber credit, which I do use on Uber Eats because I combine it with like my Amex Gold Uber Eats mm -hmm. credit. So it's kind of like um, pretty good every month. Um, and then you also get $100 Saks credit every year. Mm -hmm. It's very mm -hmm. specific. <laughs> yeah, but either way, um, it's definitely very hefty. You also yeah. get... Um, clear credit. So clear is another type of security mm -hmm. thing um, similar to global entry and pre-check. Um, and the main reason why I wanted this card was honestly for the sign-up bonus and then also for the Centurion lounge access. Mm -hmm. um, don't get me wrong, like Priority Pass gives you access to some great lounges, but uh, Centurion lounge is like on a different level. So um, I'm really excited about kind of getting access to those. Um, so yeah, uh, but again, wouldn't like super recommend this card has a um, multiple wait what's sorry go ahead no you go first oh i was gonna um ask how has opening multiple cards like hurt your credit score at all or, like what's the impact there so yeah so there's definitely gonna be an impact i would say for the first <laughs> couple of months so um i kind of open a new card every like six months honestly mm -hmm. um so <laughs> you have to i mean you have six <laughs> So like I would I mean I definitely can tell you from experience like yes, but like don't like unless like you are doing so for for two years basically I didn't open a card because I was right. buying a house right um so like if you do obviously you know have something coming up like you're gonna take on a lot of debt like be cognizant about your credit score but like honestly it's nothing to be concerned about like it does go down for like the first month or two and then it like climbs back up and then you're fine. I just wouldn't close like your oldest account because like that's a big part of your credit score. And I've had like my Chase Freedom card since like bef like while I was still in college. So um, like that kind of helps everything. Like not even though it drops, it's not really going to get to where like, you know how it's like bad, good, very good. It's still like very good. Wait, so why, wait, why would closing a credit card affect your credit score? Because when you close older credit cards it shortens your credit history so it shows mm. that you're a more risky borrower oh, oh gotcha. sorry so i did not know that if you're gonna close a card just don't close your oldest one but you can close like the yeah the so because i kind of churn them like once a year and then never really affects my credit scores because they're so new mm. wow that's so backwards that's so interesting yeah. okay maybe uh oh wow, wait Lenny, you had a question right i have another one but you go <laughs> oh i was gonna ask what is a centurion lounge because i'm a peasant and i don't know what that is <laughs> um so centurion lounge is amex branded and Ooh. only if you have the platinum card or the okay. black card which i'm pretty sure it's like an urban myth but 
you mm-hmm. have to like get invited to apply for that car to be a celebrity or something. Um, but yeah, basically Damn. like um, no other Amex cards that most people wow. have can get you access. And it's like super, super luxe. Like there's like catered food by like chefs. There's like um, really nice showers. Um, wow. There's bars inside. Um, again, what? like some of like the other like normal lounges from Priority Pass have the same amenities, but they just won't be at this scale. Yeah. And because the card is so exclusive, um, it's also going to be usually like not crowded. Mm. Wait, so are they are there centurion lounges like globally? It, like, are they in the U.S. or is it? Yeah, specifically, so it's like- definitely like ramping up. So I think there's about ten or so in the U.S. at like major airports. Um, there's one oh. in London Heathrow. There's coming. There's one coming um, at the Hong Kong airport. Um, and there's opening a bunch um, this year. Actually, I think a couple more. Like there's one coming at Reagan, which is where I'm like live near. I'm in DC, so mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, they're already at all like major airports. That's super convenient because then every time you hop on a flight, you know you can use the lounge since you're leaving. Yeah, from Reagan and like too. if you have a layover at a big city, mm-hmm. most likely you know like LAX, SFO, wow. um, JFK. Oh, that's pretty good. Can't wait for um your Instagram story of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you need to do like a not a vlog, but like a vlog style, like a full review. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was gonna ask, do you carry all the cards with you every time you leave the house? Oh, no. <laughs> that's just a um, lot of real estate yeah, in your wallet. So, for example, like the Chase Freedom, like that's rotating quarters, and I like mm. don't use that card unless it's a quarter. Like the PayPal one last quarter was amazing. I like maxed that out immediately. Um, so like that I only use when I like there's like something special like incentivizing me to use mm-hmm. it. Um, the Chase Freedom Unlimited is a totally awesome card. If you don't have that card, I would get that card like tomorrow. And the reason I say that <laughs> is because unless you have another card that you are earning more than 1.5 times back on everything, mm-hmm. I would get this card because this card is the Chase Freedom Unlimited. It doesn't have an annual fee mm-hmm. and it earns 1.5 times back on everything. And this is like another thing I wanted to mention is like there are some great no fee cards like the chase freedom the chase freedom unlimited that you can combine with a card like the chase sapphire reserve Mm -hmm. or the amex gold and then you can use those points you normally can't and then you can you know maximize collect all those points together and then like redeem them but if you only had the chase freedom unlimited card and you didn't have a card that had you know you could transfer points to airlines to then you wouldn't be able to do this um Mm. i have a question like educate me so ever since i got (laughs) Ever since I got the preferred, I've only, um, okay, well, I definitely combine, like, in my accounts, like, on the app, I'll combine points so that they sit on my preferred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I can use it, um, optimize right. it more mm-hmm. that way. But when it comes yeah. to, like, paying for things, ever since I got my preferred, I've only, well, I mean, initially, I was just, like, trying to hit the 4K and three months thing. But after that, I was just using my preferred every time because I just assumed there was more points back. But is that not true? No. Oh God! It's not true. The preferred card only. I'm missing up too. All of these cards that we've talked about: preferred, reserve, Amex Gold, Amex Platinum. All of these cards only give you one point for every dollar. The hey, Chase what? Freedom Unlimited is a no annual fee card, and it gives you one point five times the points on every purchase. So if you spend a thousand dollars, you get fifteen hundred points instead of one thousand. Hey, hold on. Oh, okay. Preferred is three <laughs> times back on dining and online grocery purchases, apparently. 
Is that it? Yeah. So yeah, like shopping is not in any of those oh categories. And if God. you're like me and you shop, <laughs> I don't. Wait, I like. Oh my God. I'm, I'm opening up an account tomorrow. Wait, like, re- wait, let me refer you. Yeah, you can refer me. Okay, thanks. Wait, what? An, <laughs> oh, an unlimited. Oh, because you only have the freedom. No, because I have the freedom. And I, when I buy clothes or any, basically when I spend anything that's not dining, groceries or travel, I've been just using my regular Chase Preferred because I haven't been using my brain, but I could be getting points back on that because obviously clothes and stuff and shoes, that's going to be. Wait, so only, oh, so stupid. only dining and online grocery. That's it? Does it? There's no buckets for the preferred, right? It's just. Uh, it's Yeah. So it's three times back on dining, the groceries, and then it's two times back on travel. Okay. Okay. Which is still better. Yeah. Okay. So in those three instances, use the preferred. Everything else, use the unlimited. And then transfer the points over to the preferred. Oh my God. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Wait, Teresa, you should get the Amex Gold and let me refer no, you. No, I just opened up another card. <laughs> okay, fine. Talk to me in six okay, months. Okay, well, you're not me refer you. So where, is it, where am I benefiting? <laughs> well... Because we're friends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, the friendship. Sure. Okay, okay. Dang, my whole life. This is a learning. Okay. Experience. Wow. Okay. Thank God, I only. I, think so I just stupid. opened my preferred oh my three months, like four months ago. Thank God. Okay. Yeah. Immediately- Speak for yourself. Again, lost money. Good job, Minnie. <laughs> okay. Never too late. Well, to anyways. Learn. Okay. <laughs> no. Wow. Um, I'm sure we're not okay. the only ones there's a lot of people listening yeah seriously people <laughs> like listen to this episode like this is like good information yeah um okay so moving on now that we talked about that i feel like let's get into like the the, and potatoes. Uh, the <laughs> yeah seriously because the general public which is like our friends and random people that listen thank you for listening Whoa, they're not um, random, Minnie. no i mean just i really appreciate <laughs> listeners <laughs> but as you know a peasant myself i have not had the luxury of flying business class internationally which is the same as first class right brenna no it is a hundred times better okay i don't know anything so what i'm saying is i've only flown economy so please enlighten us oh i already had the intention of basically using my points to fly premium level seats mm-hmm. but after i actually flew i decided this is the only way i'll ever use my points mm-hmm. basically when you fly long haul flights which is usually it's definitely international and i would say the flights are between you know at least seven hours mm-hmm. generally like 10 to 12 is like kind of average for a long haul flight depending where you're going but when you fly like that, and I'm sure everyone has, you know, taken like probably a lot of international flights on economy, which, you know, it's like, there's no, nothing wrong about that. It's like, you know, obviously like we've all done it, but if you do get the opportunity to fly business, so it's, I, when I say it's better than, you know, first class domestic, it's because first class domestic is obviously comfortable, you know, it's a great experience, but you usually cannot lie flat. So when you fly international, you always get to lie flat. And the experience of sleeping on an airplane actually being comfortable is something that you can't go back from once you do it. Mm. Okay. So you're sitting in the chair, the chair like fully (laughs) reclines back. You get a little pillow. That's definitely nicer than the one you get in the economy. You get a nicer blanket. Um, there's so much space between you most days now. Um, the, the new kind of designs that are coming out, it's the seating configuration is one to one. So if you're flying alone, it's awesome because you can pick like a seat where you don't have to sit next to anybody. 
for 20 hours. Wow. It's amazing. And I mean, just the aspect of sleeping on a flight, I personally have a really hard time sleeping on flights. So the first time that I flew business class internationally, it was the first time I ever could sleep on a plane. Like, you know, actually like more for more than like 30 minutes at a time. Wow. What about food? Like, what are the other perks? Okay, so I mean, there's always like champagne, there's like really nice like liquor if you want that. Um, I personally don't, um, you know, partake in any of the things, but my husband Lawrence loves it. He always gets champagne. Um, the food is always like super gourmet. It's like, it's like made by chefs again. Um, I have kind of a sensitive stomach, so I also like don't partake in the food, but again, Lawrence loves the food. <laughs> so would recommend um, if you're, you know, have a stronger stomach than me. Um, and I think just overall, like the service has been amazing. The times that I've been able to do this, it, the service is just so like every, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, they'll check on you. They'll consistently ask you if you want a snack for, for example, they notice that I don't eat my food or that I didn't order anything. So they keep coming by with a snack tray. Um, there's always like Sundays, like ice cream treats. It is amazing. It's just like you really feel like you're, you know, you're, you know, getting that kind of value. And then just like obviously the comfort level, um, there's obviously less people. There's never any crying babies. The bathrooms are actually (laughs) usually nicer and bigger. Mm -hmm. The amenities also you get an amenity kit. So like, you know, you can have some really nice, um, like, you know, when you first get on, they give you this like toiletry set. Sometimes there's pajamas, um, like there's a whole thing. Wow. That's lovely. Wait, so how? How big are we talking the bathroom is? Like, I'm, I'm very curious about that. I mean, it depends on, like, you know, what yeah. airline you're flying. But, um, like, I, I mean, it's not, like, huge. It's not like a shower is in there, too. Although some, you know, first-class mm-hmm. flights do have showers, which is crazy. Um, but it's definitely, like, more room for you to, like, walk around. Like, and if you had to, like, change your, you know, outfit or something, like, into pajamas, it's much easier. And the best part is, because there's less people, it's always dry. And it's like never dry in an economy bathroom. It's always like gross on the floor. And, and like the flight attendants actually clean the bathroom during service. Wow. Like during the flight, oh, they'll wow. clean the bathroom. Wow. I've never heard anyone describe it as not dry yeah. or use that it's word. Super gross. That's so gross. Yeah. No, that's so gross. Okay, yeah. So I guess a little bit of background of why we invited Brenna on the podcast was because Brenna is my friend who has used her points the most efficiently and has like the best ways and hacks, I guess, and tips in order to maximize your points in order to fly business class. So do you want to just like maybe um, share an example of a trip that you've been on where you have used your points to get business class? Yeah, so I've only actually been able to do this two times. Um, I had many flights booked for 2021, but obviously with COVID, they all got canceled. Um, So the two flights that I was able to get on, um, and I also have some trips coming up, so I can talk about that too. Um, But the two trips that I've actually experienced was I flew from DC to Beijing, China on United um, business class. And United um, does not have an international first class, so business is their best class. Um, so this was, it's called United Polaris. It's their best class of service internationally. And I only spent 70,000 um, points to fly one way. Wow. Um, and then on- the, That's it? Oh, I'm shocked. The, okay, sorry. <laughs> on the way back, um, I flew from Beijing again to DC, but this time I flew on Delta One. Again, Delta does not have any class higher than business. So this is their first class as well. Um, and I redeemed my points through Virgin Atlantic. Um, and I, it was 95,000 points for the way back. Okay. That's fascinating. So like I did not know. Is it like you need around yeah. 150 or I guess more like 150 to 200 
um, K points to do a round trip for SAS slash business? Yeah, for definitely China, I would say like 150 at least. Mm. Okay. How many points do you guys have? Well, I know how many points Brenna has. <laughs> but how many points do you have, Teresa? Uh, like 150. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's really good. Because oh, I got the 100K. Oh. Yeah. And I also didn't Damn. know. Yeah, so I've had, I guess, three years of like credit card usage um, unlimited for like two and a half, almost <laughs> like the full time of that only. And I didn't know mm-hmm. until I got the preferred that I wasn't really supposed to use points for anything else besides like travel or like, I guess, spe- like specific specialty events or anything. So I actually had been using it. I had been using it just towards like my Amazon things because it was always there <gasps> at checkout because I was like, oh, I mean, it's here. And I just like didn't have other plans to use my points. Um, but then mm. I stopped using it for like... Yeah, I just stopped using it in general like a few months ago, and then I got the 100K. So now I have about 50. Dang. What the freak? I need to like spend more money or something. Wow. That's really good. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I also only have 150, and I've um, never used my points once since the beginning of my <laughs> well, credit card usage. So only getting points. Well, now you have Amex, so that's like a separate lot of points, right? You're just talking about cheese, though. Yeah, but. Yeah, Chase, yeah. I have 150 points. Amex, I have like 70,000 yeah, points. Yeah, so you have a Wait, lot no, more. Wait, no, 78,000 points. Yeah, you points. have a ton more. Than- well, no, well, Amex, I had, I got 60,000 oh, points okay, okay. for bonus. So I made 18,000 points mm. in six months, which isn't great. But <laughs> anyways, um, besides the point, um, okay, yeah, Brenna, do you want to talk about your other trips? Or do you want to share with us how you went through the whole process? Maybe yeah, so um, I think process, talking about process is going to be helpful. So um, what you want to do is for me, when I know I want to go somewhere, I do a lot of research. And by now I have experience. So I generally know what airlines fly to what areas. So obviously something like United is always pretty you know, accessible because they fly like to you know, so many different destinations. But they might not be the best redemption value. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going somewhere like Asia, I would try ANA or Cathay Pacific those have much lower redemptions than you're going to get on United. Um, unless it's a United saver fare, which is hard to get. But so there's two types of fares most airlines have. Like one is called a saver, which is obviously like, you know, savers, it's like a good deal. And then one is just like a regular award flight. The saver is always going to be, you know, a good portion less than the regular award fare. Um, but you can't always get that. And sometimes, you know, it is what it is. You just got to take the more expensive um, award flight. But that's why, you know, it's always best to kind of have a good idea of where you want to go. I would say like up to a year in advance is kind of my timeline. So the trips I have coming up this year, I've already bought tickets for last year. Nice. So, um, so some of the trips I have coming up are DC to Paris. I'm flying there on premium select and then flying back on United Polaris, which again is their business class. And all together, it's a hundred thousand points. Mm. Um, mm. and then DC to Tokyo and this is probably not going to happen but I still have it booked as of now I'm flying ANA business class um, wow. and then from Korea back to DC um, on Asiana business class I booked both of these flights are on one itinerary and it's through United or sorry it's through ANA and it only costs 92,500 miles and $400 um, what? Wait, what is that? Ninety-two thousand points. Mm-hmm. 
Wait, it costs you 92,000 points to fly business class round trip from Tokyo to D.C.? Basically, it's what? like D.C. to Tokyo and then like Seoul to D.C. And then, oh, wait, wait 90 total? Wait. Mm-hmm. Wait, how is that possible? Question, like, wait. Well, I mean, it's because you booked it last year for this year, right? Or like, I'm assuming later. So I booked this flight one year ahead of the yeah. time that I'm planning to go. What was the cost of the ticket? Dollar. I mean, value. the ticket at that time was still probably close to ten thousand dollars. Wait, what? <gasps> yeah, because it's, these are big class flights. Okay. Wait. Okay. Oh my god. Can you Wait. Okay. Can you? Yeah. Okay. What is the so, benefit of booking in advance when it comes to using your points? If you do not book a sufficient amount of time, I mean, I would honestly, it would be hard for me to book a flight out more than six months. So I'm talking like you want to be doing it six months to a year out from when you plan to go. Anything past six months, you're probably going to be SOL. Um, so Wait, what's SOL? <laughs> I mean, shit out of luck. Um, so it's probably not <laughs> going to happen for you, especially for some of these like international destinations like Asia. Mm -hmm. uh, six months is definitely not going to happen for you at that point. Um, so... I would really, really recommend if you want to do this, it is very doable, but you have to be willing to kind of plan ahead. And I'm really like, um, because a lot of these airlines like ANA, for example, they will open their awards one year exactly every day. So if you know you're going to go on May 22nd, like starting May 20th, you should kind of get ready to go. Like you should make sure you have mm -hmm. enough points. You should make sure they're transferred to ANA. And that's another thing that we probably want to talk about is the transfer times between like Chase to each of their transfer partners. It does vary. And there's plenty of online resources to use. Um, my favorite resource is actually the points guy. Um, he like um, is definitely like, or sorry, not he. It's like the website itself is amazing. Um, so it's really great. If you ever need to like look up anything, I always like look up what I want to look up and then the points guy. And there's usually a guide on the points guy that has the information I'm looking for. Uh, but there's like a great chart on there that shows you how long it takes. So, for example, like Chase Points to United is instant, but Chase Points to Singapore Airlines could be a day. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a crunch and you know, but you know, like then, you know, oh, no, like maybe the flight that I saw right now, like, I don't know if I can book it tomorrow. So this is um, so sorry. No, it's, it's OK. I, I was just going to ask. Um, so just to be clear, like you shouldn't you shouldn't book flights directly through like the Chase portal, right? I would not recommend doing that. Um, I know that you can get like, you know, maybe like a 1.5 redemption value if you do that. But for the flights that I've been on, I always get between five to 10 cents a mile. And the way that you calculate that is the cash value of the flight um, divided by how many thousands of points it takes. Mm -hmm. And it's always usually between like five to 10 cents that I get, but you would only get 1.5 cents back if you use the Chase Portal. But you have to. Also, like, sorry, also, like with the Chase Portal, you can't fly business class. You'd only be flying economy. I didn't know that. Oh, I did not know that. I mean, you can, but like, you wouldn't want to pay $10,000 for flight, you know? Unless you. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Teresa, are you going to say So, like, to even fly business with um say like less than 100k points you have to transfer it seems like <laughs> otherwise you can't afford it if it's only 1.5 cents oh yeah like it's yeah. not possible it's just not possible yeah. i think that's why i was shocked that the cost was still ten thousand dollars 
for the flight a year in advance, but it's because you've transferred it out and used the travel partners and the ratio is much better. Um, oh, I mean, yeah, like business class flights, then, I mean, like, you know, normal people like us, we would probably never be able to just pay for it. It's always going to be like between the five to $10,000 range. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. if you were to buy the same flight, say half a year out, um, would it cost more points? If the no, no, at that point, the risk is not the increase in points so much. I mean, it is possible because um, airlines do change their like award charts all the time, which sucks. But it is possible for it to be more cost more points. But that's not really the the real concern is more so you won't even have availability left on that flight. Because mm -hmm. oh. there's so few seats. Yes, there's mm -hmm. so few award seats. There's so many people these days who are, you know, becoming more into this whole points game and, you know, getting more familiar with it. It's, there's so many popular destinations. It's really hard. Oh, there's only a limited mm -hmm. amount of award point seats? Yes. Oh, Every flight... Airlines will only release, oh. you know, maybe five seats, like five seats total. Wow. Oh, wow. Like for, oh, I, that can be used oh my God. like via point. Mm -hmm. But if mm -hmm. you want to do half and half, does that open up the seats? <laughs> Most airlines do not give you that option. Gotcha. And I also wouldn't recommend it. Gotcha. It's not a good value. So do you end up um, traveling or sitting or traveling alone or do you like leave your friends or, like, you know? <laughs> Um, Seems like I, global I entry. Really... Like, do you... yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. Um, my friends actually all the friends that I travel with, we all have global entry. Um, and the person that I fly the most with internationally is Lawrence, mm. and we always travel together. Right. So, um, yeah, it, I haven't. It hasn't happened, but I think, like, yes, I would. And then, like, lounges. Like, damn, like, noted. The, yeah. the Centurion Lounge. Like, you get a plus. Oh, you can bring guests. Plus one you or two. If you... How many? Uh, right now, I think it's plus, it's either plus one or plus two. And mm -hmm. then I think there's something else if you have kids. Okay. So, yeah, you can bring friends with the Centurion Lounge. Gotcha. Okay, that's good. Um, okay, I guess to backtrack a little bit, do you want to talk about, like, your opinion about using points for things other than flights? Or, like, what do you think is, like, the best way to use your points? Yeah. Because I know some people yeah. use their points on other things, but like, yeah, yeah what's I mean, your take so on that? There's so many different types of ways you can use your points. And I don't think there's any like wrong way to use your points. Um, but I think probably the most two common goals people have um, is people like me who I prefer to like maximize the value. So I like to really save my points for like a business class flight internationally where I feel like it's so worth it to me, you know? Um, but I also know of people who are equally, you know, devoted to this as me, but they'll use, they want to maximize the amount of times they can travel. Mm -hmm. So for those people, they're going to get really, really like cheap award flights. So mm -hmm. I'm talking like 20,000 miles to fly to China instead of my 70,000. It's much cheaper, oh. but they're going to get to travel more. Mm -hmm. And like, that is a great strategy. Like mm -hmm. I totally like, I'm also like totally for that. Mm. If your goal is to maximize the amount of times you can actually travel. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So that would be like, if they bought a flight to fly economy yeah. to China. Yeah. Okay. That's really good. Honestly, that's a good deal. Yeah, it's a great deal. Um, would you say, so then for economy flights, is it also like, or seats, is it also like very limited um, seats that airlines will no use? it's much easier okay. it's much easier to book economy flights you can book economy award flights up to like the week mm. honestly okay um and the and the price oh, wow. doesn't really change either so you don't really have to worry about that They'll, they always like devalue like business class flights first um it's mm. it's not as often they'll devalue like 
economy award, you know, flight charts. So if, again, if that's a strategy that you want to do, there's also great flexibility with this because you can travel like last minute. Mm. Okay. That's interesting. Um, I was just going to say, let's discuss a hypothetical. (laughs) Yeah. So do you want to do, so we each gave Brenna a destination that we want to travel to, and then she's going to help us break down how we get there using our points. Yes. So who wants to go first? Um, oh, you can just, Teresa, I mean, I also want to go to Japan, but. (laughs) That's true. Okay. You can do, it doesn't matter. I don't even remember. Okay. You said Bali. You said Bali. Wait, I thought you said, I thought you said Maldives. Oh. Okay, maybe you said Maldives. Oh, wait, no, I think you did no, say Maldives. Okay. Yeah, I think you said whatever. Okay, okay just tell us I, about I the Maldives. Only have, I only have Japan and Maldives. Isn't the Maldives in... Isn't the Maldives in Bali? No, Bali is in Indonesia. Oh, the Maldives whoops. is, like, a separate <laughs> island. Maldives is really near... It's really close to Singapore. Oh, I got it. Gotcha. Mini, the messages say oh, Bali, okay. so you were wrong. <laughs> you, okay, okay whatever. Jeez. Maldives. Break down so, communication. <laughs> Okay, well, let me check what I texted Brenna. <laughs> okay, Brenna, talk about the Maldives, though. Okay, I'll just do the Tokyo thing first, then. And you guys can, like, figure it out. Okay. Um, if you want to include other things. So, okay, so many wanted to go to Tokyo. So I found a really great option from JFK to Narita mm. for 87,500 miles round trip in A&A business <gasps> class. Um, A&A is a transfer partner of American Express only. It is not a transfer of Chase. Um, the cash fare on the same flight would be $8,000. Other options include United, but you would need one hundred fifty to 200000 for business class. The next availability starts in December of this year. Wow. So again, would recommend booking one year in advance. And you already have those points pretty much. <gasps> wow. No, I do- Oh my God. Oh wait. So I only need 86,000 points to fly business class round trip to Tokyo. You have like 88,000. Oh my God. You should go stat. Okay. Wait, that's amazing. Holy smokes. Okay. Wow. You're almost okay, there. You amazing. have what? 77? I have 78,000. Oh my god. That's yeah. amazing. And no. Oh, I guess oh, I forgot the year just started. So December is like kind of like a year away. <laughs> yeah. But that is like the first available availability. Mm. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. All right, Holy is crap. That, okay, that, I thought it'd be um, way more than that. Or first class or yeah, it's A and A business. A and A does have a first class, um, but I think you're, you'd be very happy in just business class. Not mm. just, but in business class, you'd be very happy. Just maybe steps, class. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll make it there. Okay, wait, that's amazing. Okay, what yeah. about the Maldives? Okay, well, I'm also planning a trip to the Maldives, Ooh. so um, I already had most of the research <laughs> done. Nice. Um, but um, so Singapore Airlines does fly to the Maldives. Singapore Airlines is a great airline because it is a transfer partner of all three major credit card companies, mm. Chase, Amex, and City. Mm. So this would be a great way if mm. you, you know, because the thing is, you know, Singapore Airlines mainly flies to Singapore and it's pretty far. So it's a very expensive award flight anyway. So it's really great that you can kind of combine points from different mm-hmm. you know, credit issuers. Um, but mm-hmm. for the Maldives, um, if you fly from EWR to um, Maldives airport there, it's going to be 242,000 miles in Singapore Airlines business class. Um, this is if you can get the saver award, like I was talking about earlier, or it's going to be 350,000 miles if you just get the regular award. Mm -hmm. Um, so it is very hefty, but 
If you are not familiar, a flight from Newark to Singapore is 20 hours. Wow. So I would probably want oh, wow. to be able to sleep mm -hmm. life flat. Yes. <laughs> wow i did not know that Holy and then you're sorts. not even like once you get there you have to take another like are you there? yeah it's a really long travel day yeah. so the flight to maldives has a layover in singapore mm -hmm. there's if there's no direct flights from here mm -hmm. to the maldives mm -hmm. sorry so you said 250 points k points yeah like about like 240 mm -hmm. if you can get the saber fare but it's going to be 350 if you can't what is the saber fare Saver fares, um, those are like the first to go. Oh, that okay. would be definitely something you need to book a year mm, in advance. Okay, and then it like drastically increases. <laughs> yeah, um, and the cash fare on this flight would actually be like not that bad. It's about $6,000, but again, like most of us probably wouldn't want to pay for it. That's um, but I'm just like considering the length of the flight. Yeah. It's like much cheaper than the T Tokyo flight, but yeah. Tokyo is also more of a popular destination. Um, so that kind of makes sense. Um, and for this itinerary, I did find saver availability this year from July to October, wow. which could be due to the COVID pandemic, mm -hmm. um, that there's usually not this much saver availability this um, close to the dates. Um, but starting in November and December, which um, are more touristy season for the Maldives, there's only regular availability. Mm. Well, time to open up another credit mm. card stat. <laughs> Got another 100K. Serious, yeah. then I'm there. Amex Gold. I'm not gonna get me 100k. <laughs> yes, okay. it is. Okay. Yeah, okay, I'll think about it. Good. Ask you know, me again for a good promotion. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Okay, I will. Okay, great. Wait, sorry. So I'm a little bit confused. Why is Maldives six thousand dollars? We had to spend two hundred forty thousand points. Whereas, so I yeah. think the reason is because um, it's probably not as popular. Mm -hmm. So most people probably don't book these flights as often because it also has to do with like supply and demand. I think Tokyo in general is a more popular destination. Um, yeah. but it also could be like due to COVID, like less people are going to the Maldives. Wouldn't they want to incentivize mm -hmm. you then? Yeah. So the, like, I think that's why the flights are cheaper, like, uh, like cost wise, but I think it's more, it's more. Yeah. Um, points wise, it's not, um, it depends. Some airlines have like pricing mm -hmm. award charts where the award is like directly related to the current cash fare, but Singapore airlines, I don't think does that. So it's just going to be standard. Mm -hmm. Wow. This is really helpful. I will definitely be using oh, points yeah. to go to Tokyo totally. next time. You have to, especially because it's such a common flight and like oh, trip. No. I feel like there's always going to be a good deal for it, if, especially if you like a year out. Yeah, I mean, I thought I was under the impression that I had to pay oh. like 150k points, and I was like, now oh, you can that's go like twice. A lot. But 90 is like very doable. Times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Easy. I mean, clearly, I'm shooting myself in the foot because I haven't been using Chase Freedom Unlimited for the past four years. <laughs> that maybe that's why I don't have that many points. I because I was like, why do I have no? Hey, points? Anyone listening, if you if you want um, the Freedom Unlimited, hit me up. I'll refer you. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want Amex Gold preferred, hit me up. I'll refer you. Um. Oh, that's, so Brenna, do you? Okay. Seems like because seems like you pretty much travel internationally like exclusively on points or at least flight wise um so do you kind of plan your trips around like best point value of that year no okay. uh it's always like the other way around but because i plan so mm. far ahead i it's not usually that hard for yeah. me to find a way yeah. um, i might have to just like use more points than i want to mm. but i do have a lot of points yeah. so it's not really a problem no. So how do you feel about using points on like hotels and rental cars and like domestic flights? Um, I think I, for me, obviously you guys know like my goals. Um, so like it definitely wouldn't work for me. Um, I think another thing is just like, like we've all kind of 
been talking about, like points are hard to earn. So I would kind mm-hmm. of like want to save them mm-hmm. up for something special. And like, it's not like, you know, like hotels or rental cars or anything like domestic flights are cheap, but it's still relatively affordable that I, if I can, I would just want to pay for it. And then also like when you pay for it, you earn not only like, you know, credit card points, but you also can earn airline points. And that's like another part of my strategy is like, I try to fly only airlines domestically that will help my other goals. Mm-hmm. So I try to only fly United. Mm-hmm. So you can have status and like other benefits or. Oh, I, I never fly enough to get status, but yeah, just so I can kind of earn some United miles. Mm-hmm. And if I need to top off something, it's like, you know, might as well have those points go to something yeah. where it's like, if you fly Southwest, it's never going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. So do you, so you don't mm-hmm. really, you don't really go the whole, like, let me just pick the most economic flight every single time like you would pay more in order to use oh yeah like i've never used my points for an economy flight and that makes sense because you're saying like points wise like we could afford like a 400 dollar flight whereas like none of us are going to pay ten thousand dollars for like a business class flight which is why we would use points for that Mm -hmm. well do you have any final tips for us yeah i mean i think um like credit card points are a really great way to travel and um i've been doing it for a long time and i really would recommend everyone kind of think about it um and it's a really great tool um definitely if you want to kind of do one of those once in a lifetime like flight redemptions it's really awesome um and again i think my last couple of things are just to book as far in advance as possible um, and make sure that you, if you are traveling with a significant other or, you know, someone that you always travel with and you want to do this kind of, you know, redemption thing with, that you kind of make sure you guys are both on the same, you know, points basis. Mm. Actually, um, I have another mm. question. <laughs> it just crossed my mind. Um, something I've heard before is people like to um, book through their credit card portals um, in order to, like, have the better customer service and, like, protection in case like plans change or like i don't know for some reason the airline like screws you over um and especially with like booking so far in advance like have you ever come into issues having to deal with like the airline itself and not having the protection of like chase or i guess like amex it's really funny because i actually feel the complete opposite <laughs> i hate booking through travel <laughs> portals like not just credit card portals but i've never used expedia mm-hmm. or anything similar because I've heard so many horror stories of people that like they get issued like a ghost ticket where the ticket never got issued by the airline, but the travel porter did. So they were literally like stranded at an airport. Um, And if you just think about it, like, yeah, like obviously Chase has customer service, right? But they're not the ones responsible for putting you on the plane. United Airlines is. So I would rather book my flight through United Airlines. And airlines have more regulations, FAA regulations, that if they cancel your flight, they have to refund you. You don't have to accept, like, travel credit or something like that, right? But, like, it's not like you have the same things with you, you know, going through a travel portal. And it could be a much ha- more of a hassle for you to kind of get that credit back. Mm, interesting. Oh, and mm, um, with travel portals, sometimes you do get to earn airline miles. I know for hotels, you usually never get to. Um, and so you kind of lose a lot. You could lose a little bit on that too. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. We're so happy we got to talk to Brenna about investing, credit cards, and tips on how to get that business class ticket. As always, Minnie and I are looking for new topics to discuss on the podcast. So if there's anything specific you'd want to hear about, let us know on our Instagram. Our handle is relatively Asian. 
We'll talk to you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye.